Hey, aloha, everybody. This is Jeff Reinbold. I am with you tonight from Hamilton, Ontario, and I am also with you from, you know, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And I'm with my partner, my buddy, and I'm really anxious to hear what Michael McQuaid has to say about his little sojourn over to Frankfurt to watch the Chiefs and the Dolphins and cover that for Pro Football Ireland. Michael, welcome to the show. Country roads. You know what? I heard you guys singing that, and I was like, there's two Irish guys who've had a few, must have had a few, uh, what, 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 a few cheering. sparkling waters. We can't drink in the press box here <laughs> in the stadium, and they are singing, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Like, where is the nearest country road to Belfast? I literally live in the countryside, so I mean, I'm, I'm happy enough. I'm, anxious, you know, I'm, I'm really anxious for our tour where you can show me the Irish countryside because I've heard it's quite beautiful. But that's a talk for another time. We are brought to you by 888 Sport, the official gambling partner of the National Football League in both Ireland and the UK. Mike, uh, give us just a quick overview of you know the game, the atmosphere, how it compared to London. Obviously, the football game was outstanding, but you know, the whole package that is these circus games that go on the road for the NFL. For anyone who watches the first two minutes of the stream and cuts off, first off, big Tuesday morning. Welcome to everybody on the podcast. Sorry about the lack of content on Monday. It's back now. You can check it back. Jeff, I was completely sober just singing. You can't drink that. You can, <laughs> listen, if there's any country in the, in the world that you can have a beer in and not worried about, you know, people thinking the wrong thing it's germany because it's such a part of their heritage and their culture i didn't say you were drunk and i said you had had a beer and you were singing which was that, I know, would, not, that would not separate you from fifty nine thousand other people in that stadium i am um, look i've had people ask me like well, do get your questions in folks and we'll come into the second part certainly and answer them thank you very much for watching the long live as well we, i know jeff with myself it means a lot to us um last year's game was one of the greatest days i've ever had on this planet that's how good it was i i get emotional even thinking about how good that game munich was that's how good it was so it's hard because you go into a game and you expect a lot based on that just on the german fans uh as a country boy I've not seen a lot of Germany, and I think that's to my shame at 30 odd years of age now. So I jumped at the chance to be able to go to Frankfurt. The bonus is to see the Dolphins, the Chiefs. I would say that I didn't think the game was that good until that defensive play happened to go 21 up. And look, as a spectacle, it was sensational. It was just the crowd. And our Jeff before kickoff were going nuts. And I'm sitting there going, like, oh my God, like this is nuts. Like when the Chiefs came out, the pop was insane. But when you were in that third to fourth quarter when it looked like the Dolphins could genuinely come back, it was tense. It was it was like you were in the States. And then and then John Denver comes on. And then DJ Otzi comes on. And it just gets better and better. But uh, yeah, Country Rose is starting to make me tear up even think about it. I, I loved it. Um, and, and and the great thing is we get to do it all over again. I want to give a big shout out to guys like like Peter King. Like you stop him and he, he'll, he'll talk to you for 10 minutes. 
you know what I mean? Like just guys that are you know, genuinely nice people. And I have never seen as many media at a game outside of a Super Bowl from my own experience. But Jeff, just so many Chiefs fans. And a lot of people from Ireland and the UK flew over for the game. I've seen a lot of people in the airport last night, including my man Bundiaki. I know he's a big Polynesian guy as well, Jeff. So he was buzzing. Um, but a lot of UK guys as well, for people listening in England, Scotland, Wales, a lot of UK English guys coming over, Chiefs fans, met Brit Chief, met a lot of the guys. I really enjoyed the experience. And I got on that plane last night going, I get to do this all over next week again to sit in front of Bill effing Balanchik. But I tell you what, Andy Reid, do you want to hear a good story about Andy Reid? I've got, I haven't told anybody this. You ready? Yes. So I go to the press box and I take front row, second seat. There's a bag in the first seat. And I don't know who the bag is. So I, I, somebody asks me to take it down. I take it down. In walks this woman. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Sorry to annoy you. I don't know whose bag this is. And she goes, I don't care. I'm the HC of the HC and I'll sit wherever I want. Like, friendly, jokingly. It's Andy Reid's wife. <laughs> she comes in and just tells everyone to start turning the phones off. And everyone's like, we're not turning the phones off. Sure, they're about to walk in. But Andy Reid um, seems like a really cool guy. Really, really cool guy. I'm very, very impressed because a lot of people gave the Chiefs a bit of jip for coming in very, very late. Mm -hmm. um, but ju just a cool week. Great to see guys, Jeff, like Cy Clancy, guys that have been working on the league in their own way for a long time. Big fans of those, like for size of massive Dalton's Dalton's fan. He went viral for that question with Mike McDaniel this week. And obviously, I seen your tweet about Will, the original Big, big Red. I think for a lot of those guys, that, that was a real big moment. And... Um, I loved it. And I think it's only hitting me now that I'm explaining it just how good it actually was. And I can't wait because anyone that says to me this week that the Colts and Patriots is not a good enough game, go get your eyes tested. Sebastian Vollmer taking his Patriots team to his country. Bill Belichick coming in. The Chiefs, or the Colts, sorry, never really go international. Jim say Gardner Minshew. You tell me that's not worth getting on a plane for, for an hour and 40 minutes this weekend for. I can't wait. Um, I just wish you were here, Jeff. Well, I hope. I, I just hope that our, you know, our fan base in in Europe is not uh, spoiled to the point where they think seeing the Colts play is not worth, you know. Now, obviously, not every game is going to be the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and it was a phenomenal game. And you know, like you said, that as you watched it here on TV, the stadium looked like. Arrowhead. I mean, there was so much red in there and, you know, it was electric and it was a great football game and two defenses played extremely well. And, you know, Kansas City just made more plays. I, you know, it, it just there's a lot of things to unpack in that game, you know, and again, you were there, you understand. Like, the, how did you feel, Jeff, as somebody that has been in Frankfurt, you know, with the Galaxy and stuff and, and the European leagues, like watching all this? Like I, I, said, I said to you that the last time I was in that stadium, we hoisted the World Bowl championship trophy. And uh, when, then when I watched the two teams come out, and especially because the roof, there was no roof on that stadium when we played in there previously. The stadium's been completely reconfigured and improved. And obviously it's not built for football because, you know, when the punters are routinely hitting the, you know, hitting the big screen at the top of the, at the top of the stadium, it's built for soccer. It's built for, you know, those low level kicks that you get in soccer. But obviously, it's a beautiful facility. What was really nice to see was, and Frankfurt is a different experience than Munich is. You know, I mean, it's 
just the fact of the matter that Volk Stadium, what is used to be called Volk Stadium, is out in a a suburb. It's in the woods. It's a completely different vibe. But once you get to the stadium and once you see the German fans and the way they, you know, the way they love the game and the way they enjoy themselves and the singing and all of it and how knowledgeable they are. I mean, you know, it was interesting, so interesting to me, Mike, to think that, you know, Commissioner Tagliabue was there and he's talking about not only games in Spain, but, you know, we're talking about Dublin. I told you all the way back last year that they're going to get a game in Dublin and it's going to happen. And it, it, it looks like it's going to happen. Now. It's it really going don't. to happen, right? And there is going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of terrible towels waving in Dublin when those Steelers come out of the come out of the tunnel. What's going to be interesting to, to me is going to be, do they go to Croke Park, which seats 80-some thousand, or do you go to Aviva, which seats 49,000? They're probably, my guess will be this, because they want it to make, they want to make sure it's a success and they want to make sure it looks the part and all of that. They'll take a game to uh, to uh, the smaller stadium, Aviva, first, as opposed to risk having empty seats at Croke Park. 82,000 people is a big, big stadium. There aren't that many 82,000 seat stadiums in the National Football League. So that would be my guess right now if you're if you're asking me to predict the future. I think to go, I think you're going to Croke every other week. I think I, I just I, Mike, I, I the way I know the NFL success is important to them and continued success, right? When they take that game to Madrid next year, they bet wherever they play, they they're going to have to sell it out, right? I mean, that's that's because perception is reality in in the business, right? Does it make more sense to go to an 80,000 seat stadium? Yes, if you sell 80,000 seats. But if you don't when you put the television on in the United States, you want 49,000 people in 49,000 seats. You want a sold out stadium, right? Business. It's a business, man. It's to, it's what it is. Love this conversation. I, I, I wish there was a way. And look, Jeff, sorry that your team lost this weekend. You know, I know I just, and I, I see, I guess, sort of firsthand from our interactions, just how early you're up in the morning, putting the work in you guys and, it just didn't work out. I just, I just wish now there was a way for you to get over here next week for this game. I, I, you'd love it, you know. You know, if there any, if there was any way I could do it, I'd love to do it. I would, you know, it'd be really poignant for me, and, and I would get emotional about seeing Sebastian, you know, in the role that he has now as an ambassador for the NFL. To think that there's a kid that we got out of a swimming pool in Karst, Germany, and all of a sudden here's this now a man that has two Super Bowl rings and a great NFL career and financial security and all the things that the game brings. And now he's helping to bring the game, you know, to his own country. That's phenomenal. I mean, that's just a phenomenal story. Hopefully we get him on this week. We'll, we will say a prayer. And if not, Sebastian, if you're watching this, big week for you, man. Enjoy it. I can't. Jeff, can't wait to see Bill Balachek, man. I'm actually buzzing like. I'm gonna start like shaking when I see him. Anyway, back back, back to the action. I, I love that shot, man. It was great. Back back to the action on Sunday, and I feel like we need to talk about CJ Stride, Jeff. Oh my! You know what? Let's talk, here's the thing. Let's talk about CJ Stroud relative to 
the reality of the position and the reality of being a rookie. And, you know, let's talk about Bryce Young in the same conversation because, you know, we're, we're so screwed up as the media, right? Because we want to crown a superstar too early and we want to say the guy's a failure way too early, okay? So I hear all this crap on uh, social media and the media and every other thing saying Bryce Young's a failure. He's he's a he's a bust. He's this. He's that. Christ. He's played what eight games, right? And everybody else in on the other camp says C.J. Stroud is the next great 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 one. What's he played eight games? Now he had a like that last drive was tremendous. I'm a big C.J. Stroud fan. But I'm going to also caution you and everybody else that wants to anoint and and defame players way too early. There was a year where this kid from the University of California got drafted, right, with the first pick in the draft. And he went to the Rams and the Rams threw him away four years later. And the entire football media world said he's a bust. He stinks. He can't play. And you know what? To this, you know where he is right now? He's in the conversation for MVP of the league, right? That same draft, that same draft, another first rounder went from North Dakota State, went to the Eagles, took his, took his team to the Super Bowl, was a Pro Bowl player, and everybody said he's the next one. Where's that guy today? Out of football. Not because of an injury out of football because he lost his job. So to all of the geniuses that right now can look in a crystal ball and see where these kids are going, think again, right? Think again. That's just clickbait. That's all it is. Right? So yeah, if you're a, if you're a Carolina fan, it's way, 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 way too early to say the kid's a failure. And if you're a Houston fan, it's way, way, way too early to say he's the next Messiah, right? If you look at what C.J. Stroud has done, and I think Bobby Slowick Jr. needs an awful lot of credit for what he's given that kid in terms of a system that works for him, builds to his strengths, all of that stuff. And he is a great leader, right? If you look at Bryce Young, you're, you see a guy who's dealt with a couple things, right? He doesn't have a great supporting cast around him. He's had a he's had a situation where the head coach gave up play calling duty six games into the season, right? So I don't care, Mike. You and I believe the same thing about a lot of things, right? But if we're coach if we're coaching an athlete, and all of a sudden he's used to meeting with me every day and hearing it said the way I say it, and all of a sudden, and then all and all of a sudden I'm gone and and you're thrown into the next conversation, you think that's not hard? On top of the fact you're playing on a field with the best athletes in the world, does he need to clean up his feet? Yes. Does he need to get more maturity in the pocket? Yes. Right? Those are fixable things. Right? Those are fixable things. Did he? Is he playing too early? Yes. And we say that every year. The ones of us who know the game. That you got to be careful before they if they play too early because you can hurt them more than you can help them. Okay, so 
just everybody, like I'm, I'm going to be Aaron Rodgers for just one second. Just everybody, relax, relax. Can we get in like a t-shirt of you saying that just for the kind <laughs> I look, I am certainly not jumping on a bandwagon here. I'm just saying positively the turnaround of that team. You mentioned OCs, you mentioned DCs for D'Amico Ryan's to come in and for what they have with Noah Brown, Nico Collins, Dan, uh, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz on the offense. The yardage those boys are getting is unbelievable. Well, how it's so it? positive to go forward, yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a uh, uh, different kind of media guy right now. I'm gonna say I told you so. What did I tell you? How many times do I have to tell you, Mike? Tank Dell, right? Everybody said he's too small, can't play. Played at Houston in a gimmick offense, right? Tank Dell made two incredible plays in that drive, right? Now the ball the ball was delivered, and yes, he you know it was a great throw, but. Tank Dell's a legit player. No, I'm not saying he's Cole Beasley yet, but I'm telling you, he's a legit player. He's the same guy, if you know football, you would have evaluated looking into the draft, right? Now, Dalton Schultz comes over from the Cowboys, and, you know, that's a that's a huge get for them. That organization, Casario, all those guys deserve credit. They deserve credit. And, you know, how, how far can Houston go? I don't know. But I know this. Demeco Ryans, Nick Casario, Bobby Sloick Jr., that, those guys are doing great things in H-Town. As somebody that works on a field, just how incredible do you think it is to see Josh Dobbs stand on the sideline? And that, that one. I'm with you, bro. That one was unbelievable. Believe, do you know how hard that was what he did? I'm telling you, that's that is absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. Because he's so calm, like, Jeff, how he stayed calm and that he was, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Well, first of all, do you know what that guy that guy is actually a rocket scientist? Yeah, but like that as well, but more so if you look at the teams he has been throwing around. And never given, like obviously been given opportunities, but never given that opportunity. And then to go and do that, like, well, I, th- I think it's, it's one of the great stories in sport. I think really, when you consider that, and let's give Kevin Callahan some thought, some props, right? Because he had to decipher the language. For Dobbs, because Dobbs hasn't been there long enough to even know the verbiage in the playbook, right? So, and this has to happen. It's 40 seconds, right? He's got to get the play call to him so he can call it to the rest of the players and then get in the, and, it, and that your microphone shuts off at 15 seconds, right? So, in the time it takes him to get the play in, get it called, and then that few seconds that he's got, maybe 20 maximum, he has to decipher the play call and put it in language that his quarterback understands. Mike, he's taken snaps on the sideline so that they can have a cadence. Did you notice that? Did you see all the offensive linemen huddle around him? The offensive linemen were there so that he could make the play, give the cadence 
so they wouldn't jump off sides because the receivers and the backs, they can watch the ball. The offensive linemen can't. I mean, I've never seen anything even remotely like it in pro football. There was a year in Baltimore where both Johnny Unitas and Earl Morrill got hurt, the two quarterbacks that they dressed. And Tom Maddy, who was a running back, had to go in and finish a game at quarterback and then had to be the starting quarterback the next week, right? And that's as close as I can come to ever seeing anything like this. And to go in and, and do it under pressure, last minute. I mean, it's like it's like stuff that you, you don't write those kind of scripts because nobody will believe it. The first thing I thought of when I seen that video was you. I was like, Jeff would love this. It was proper football stuff. It was like unbelievable. It was like I'm watching it. You know, I was watching it on TV, right? And I gave, I'll be honest with you, I, I gave the Vikings no chance in that game because, you know, and then when I see the, the, the kid out of BYU that they start, the backup, he's trying to make a play on the goal line, gets blasted on the goal line, gets knocked unconscious, and now they're turning to a guy that's been there. Guy doesn't even know everybody's name. Mike, he doesn't even know everybody's name. It's legendary. That's ridiculous. That, that's actually ridiculous. Jeff, I don't want to put you down a rant hole. We've got about 10 minutes before we start getting questions. Daniel Jones. Playing surfaces. Oh, oh, You're winding me up, aren't you? You're winding me up. No, but like, Jeff, it's the, biggest, it's the biggest news of today. And not just for that reason. Financially, he's not going anywhere. He's the- well, Think about it. You know, the, the, the argument, and if it was the turf, and I and that's what I believe it is, right? Because Mike, you see so many of these things now, right? He was dropping back in the pocket. There was no one around him, no sudden movement, no contact, nothing. And he crumpled, right? Now, how many times have we seen that kind of thing happen? Right? We've already seen it with two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and and uh and actually, we've seen it with three. Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, right? And now Mac Jones. And the the argument, the argument for artificial surface is natural grass is too hard to take care of, right? And it's too expensive. Think about how much money they spent. Those contracts, they have to pay those guys, right? You get hurt, you're not losing your salary. You're getting paid. $92 million guaranteed. 92 for one guy. Now, how many freaking blades of grass would $92 million buy? Christ, you could buy half of Oklahoma for $92 million. And you're telling me it's, it's it. And, and you know what? What pisses me off, Mike, now that you wound me up, right, is we say we're about player safety. We're, last week, Patrick Ricard got fined $14,000 for doing his job. For doing his job, which is to block the linebacker. And when you block the linebacker, you keep your feet going and you finish the block. And all he did was that. And he got fined $14,000 for unnecessary roughness. How in God's name do you play this game? I'm asking. How? Yeah. And he wasn't the only one. 
Like there were other guys. It's, it's happening every week. There's at least four or five incidents every week now where it's like, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm all for player safety. I'm all for player safety. Like, I want them to be as safe as they can pay, be, play the game as long as they can play it, make as much money as they can play it, and entertain us because we want to see the best players play. Right? That's what we want as fans. And I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Let's talk about one more topic before we get questions, okay? I'm going to let you pick any topic you want, my man. We're not talking about Lunez Monday night because this is going out on Tuesday because we've already picked the Jets on our pick show. All right, here's, here's what I want to talk about. Is there a more surprising division in football right now than the AFC North? I knew you were going to say the North. Like, but the Ravens, have you seen that stat today? But the Ravens have only, was it the 8.9% like allows touchdowns? And the only team that's had the same one is the 2,000 Ravens. It's like, oh my God. You know, but Mike, think about that division. You got Cleveland, who's what, five and two or five and three or whatever they are, right? And they haven't, they've had unsettled situation at quarterback. They've lost their best running back, but their defense is so salty that they've got five wins. The Steelers stink on offense, and their defense is so good, they got five wins. And Joe Burrow is healthy, and his team just won four straight. That is a, like, you talk about murderer's row in that division. You're going to have four teams in that division, Mike, unless they cannibalize each other, right? You're going to have four teams that should be in the playoffs. Four of them out of the same division. It'll never happen, but there should be. they should be in the playoffs because somebody's going to get in the playoffs that's not as good as any of those teams. Yeah, time will tell. Steelers playing the Browns next week. That's a watch party game in Dublin. Can you come over for that, Jeff? I would love to come over for that. Is it the Steelers fans? Oh man, you, you guys broke Park next gonna, Sunday. Yeah, Croak. Jeff, Jeff, bring, heck up bring your come bring over your five days early. Towel. Come on, bring your terrible towel, Jeff. Yeah. Pick the phone up. Hey, by the way, young man, I got to tell you this: I will be in Buffalo, New York, on Monday night, and I will watch Monday night your beloved Orange Donkeys. Do battle with the Bills, and the Bills are wounded animals. Is right this now. our friend Ben's touchdown tourist trip? Yes, I am. I'm going to meet the touchdown tour trip, and they're going to Penn State on Saturday. All right, touchdown trips, my bad. My bad. Sorry, Ben. I was at your event on Saturday night with Jay Bell, who sends his regards, Jeff, and I got the name wrong. You know, Jay Bell walked into the event a bit with Ben's company on Saturday night, and everyone just started slagging him for strictly come dancing. Du, 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 du. <laughs> hey, I saw him dancing. I saw him dancing and singing. Him, Neil, and my buddy Dante Hall. Dante. Who was better, me and Connor or those boys? You know what? I'm going to give the nod to you and Connor. The, this, you and Connor, lyrically, were way better, right? I would give you, I will tell you that Dante can dance a little bit. He seems, I have to say, I've never met Dante. I, I'm like, I'm, for anyone watching this, Jeff's even better crack in real life, salt of the earth. 
Jason's good crack. I feel like you could talk to him all night, sort of thing. But Dante, Jeff, I've never, I've never met him. Dante's great people. Great. Yeah. Yeah. He is great people. He I is, think he is. He's a guy that that you know struggled early in his career and had to go to NFL Europe to prove he could play, and then went back and had you know some phenomenal years with the Chiefs, and is you know, always been a positive guy in the community and, you know, a real popular guy with the fans. And I really thought it was cool that the Chiefs wanted to have him back. Yeah, and, and, and fair, fair play to all of them getting that involved. Um, get get in the blower and get over it. Get over for this next week. Come on, yeah. You're coming, to the, you're coming to the UK four days after. Surely you can make it work. I believe I'm not. I'm not getting involved. I'm just. I'm not my. I, I'm not my travel agent. I just. I, I'm, I do what I'm told. I go where I'm supposed to go, and I do my job. That's how I. It just seems like perfect timing. A anywho, anywho, anywho. Right. Let's end this segment and let's go into questions. Do you want to see us out of here, Jeff? I will see you out of here after we talk about our tours, which are coming up, and we'll be in Glasgow. We will be in Manchester. And we will be in seven cities in Ireland. And if you want to visit us and you want to talk ball with us and you want to be a part of a really fun evening, join us at Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Reinbold and get your tickets now. Glasgow venue announced by Friday. You have my word, everybody. Uh, it's, it, I mean, we're going. I haven't booked Jeff's flight yet, even though it's three weeks away, but we'll, we'll, we'll sort of that. We'll get there. Um, I'm not worried. I am not worried because it's going to be a blast. Every single one of those cities are great football cities. I'm anxious to see, you know, Dundalk. I'm anxious to see, you know. I met two people in the airport on Saturday morning, first thing in the morning, from Galway, who are going to the show. They're like, we can't wait to see Jeff in Galway. It's going to be, gonna great be a blast. Man. Every single one of Guinness. I think every single one of them is going to be so much fun. And it's really, really, really what, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a positive thing, whether it's Cork, whether it's Galway, whether it's Dublin, you know, Dundalk, you know, I don't know. Any place we go is going to be a blast. Send us, send us out, my man. Send us out. That's been the Jeff Reinbold show for this Monday. And you'll probably get in Tuesday back in Europe, but, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hit us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. If you, you're welcome, to, you know, dip into my uh, in the lab section where we talk about players and some of the things that are going on in the NFL and we diagram them for you on the telestration machine. But uh, this has been Jeff Reinbold and Mike McQuaid for the Jeff Reinbold Show. Aloha. Aloha.